It's episode 548 of the Roadman Cycling Podcast, and I want to talk about the Chamois Time Tour. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this, how do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness, and our longevity? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh, and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, welcome back to a roving report from the road. I'm getting a little bit more consistent at the sort of roving mobile reports. And today I want to talk about the Chamois Time Tour. If you've missed the last couple of episodes, Badlands didn't go super well for me. I was coming down the first descent and my bike literally exploded on the first descent. It was a rocky off-road descent and I got to the bottom of the descent. My bottle cage, which I'd kind of jerry-rigged onto the side fork, that had broken off. My bag carrying my luggage at the back, the clasp had broken on that, but quite fatally, my DI2 GRX group set had broke and had stopped working. So that was the end of Badlands for me after all the preparation and all the expense to get there, but I decided to resurrect the trip and try and turn a negative into a positive. So a little bit of scrambling and there was a bike shop in Granada, Dr. Bike, who was a legend of a man. He managed to get a battery, junction box, new cables, basically rebuilt my GRX group set for me and hooked me up big time. I love just a local bike shop like that who is just so on top of the game. So we decided to concoct the trip. We call it the Chamois Time Tour because that's what we're going to be doing, getting a lot of Chamois time. Starting in Granada, riding a thousand kilometers north to Biarritz and then another 600 kilometers across to Girona and finishing up there 10 days later. So I'm on my gravel bike, obviously, because I've come from Badlands. So I don't have road tires. I don't, I'm on 44 mil knobbly tires. So that's adding a lot of extra rolling resistance. I estimate it's probably bringing the speed down like two kilometers an hour average. Then you couple that with the luggage I'm carrying. Obviously, I'm bringing this podcast to you tonight from Albacete. And it's kind of to the east of Madrid, right in the middle of Spain. I'm bringing this podcast to you from here. So I've had to carry laptop and recording equipment, which is obviously quite unorthodox. So to make this happen, I've had to load up the bike with a top tube bag, a saddle bag, and a backpack. So an Evoc backpack, which is probably not as burdensome as it sounds. It sounds like carrying a backpack on a 200 kilometers a day cycling sounds like it's a recipe for disaster, but it's actually, it's kind of snug and I wouldn't recommend it, but if you're looking for a bag for short stints in and out to work, the Evoc bag that I'm using is absolutely top class. Uh, again, bought it down in Dr. Bike. So the bike is loaded. I'd say it's 25 to 30 kilograms fully loaded. The tires are less than ideal. I'm telling you all that because that's making average speeds a lot more difficult than we estimated. So I have on the bike my laptop, recording equipment, chargers, then I have a pair of shorts, a short, a t-shirt. I only have, which again is maybe the kind of idea of chamois time tour, I only have one set of cycling kit with me and I've been washing it out in the bathroom sink in the evening. I had a set of flip-flops, but I lost them off the back of the bike. And I've somehow mysteriously also lost a set of socks, which were inside one of the bags. I don't know what happened there. Somebody obviously robbed them at a fuel station on me. You gotta be a low life to rob a set of my stinking socks at a fuel station. So that's 
pretty much all the clothing I have. Then it's tools to repair anything that might happen on the side of the road and some food and three 750 bottles of water on the bike. So it is a tractor, as Sarah will call it. It's a wagon. So we are rolling and doing our best. It's myself and Aaron Kearney, who I rode Badlands with. So day one, we rode from Granada to Ubenda. So we just got started that day. It was a late start. I had some podcast and stuff to do. So we didn't hit the road till late. So we got 130 kilometers in that day. And that was in searing heat. And we managed to average like 28 kilometers an hour, which was pretty hard one 28 kilometers an hour. It was trading off and it was riding some pretty tempo, pretty hard tempo up the climbs. Now, day two, which was yesterday, we went to Ubenda to Albaceta, and that was a long-ass day, 210 kilometers. I think the longest I've ridden since Rift is probably 140, so we rode 210 kilometers. We managed to average 29 kilometers an hour on it for on the day. It lashed down for large parts of the day, and to get that average speed, we actually ended up having to chop through and off. Like we're in a break, doing five minute turns on the front to break the wind, then five minutes off, five minutes on, five minutes off. We had to do this for like 80 kilometers to get the speed up because it was like a seven and a half hour day as it was. And that's excluding stops. We stopped in almost, yeah, we did. We had every stop in a Repsol garage, which is just, they're dotted along the main roads and they, you know, they have everything you need. You're looking for water, you're looking for Harry Bow, you're looking for some chocolate. Aaron's rocking this very odd, weird combination at the moment when we stop of a can of Coke, a chocolate milk, and a beer. He has some theory that the Coke brings him up, the chocolate milk helps him recover, and the beer mellows him out. But it's a it's a stomach-turning combination. I definitely won't be trying it. If I do try it, it'll be when I'm very close to a toilet and potentially on the last day. So the roads we've ridden have been quite desolate when i had this idea of leaving granada heading to Biarritz, i don't know what i pictured but i didn't picture this i pictured scenic roads and you know cool experiences along the way but the mileage we've left ourselves it's a little bit too much to enjoy any experiences along the day along the way you're having to keep the chain tight pretty much all day to get to your destination and because of that you can't really take any detours into the small towns. So if I was doing this, or you're planning on doing it, if I was doing it again, I would maybe bring it back to 120, 130 kilometers a day and <clears throat> venture into some of these smaller towns. I think it's a much nicer experience. The road's surfaces have been great, but there's been very little in the way of scenery. The small towns that I'm kind of used to in Ireland, like even if you move outside Dublin, you're going through these small towns like basically you know every 20 30 kilometers you're hitting a fairly well populated town that has you know cafes shops pubs post offices churches we're seeing none of that it's pretty desolate like at points you're just kind of waiting to see the tumbleweed going across the road like i'm seeing very few people like i haven't seen one cyclist outside of a town yesterday we actually managed to bump into a cyclist as we got into ubeda and we got into the town Aaron struck up a conversation with this guy at the traffic lights asked him the best place to stay and he rode us right around to the door of the hotel 55 euro for the room for the night which was amazing it was a four-star hotel we breakfast of kings there this morning but it was like this creepy haunted house hotel there was like over 500 rooms in this hotel and I think there was like two or three guests in the whole hotel 
Like there must've been 150 place settings and we were the only ones down for breakfast. It was weird. It was beyond weird. The guy run that was like Uncle Fester out of the Adams family. So I was half expecting to get killed in my sleep in the middle of the night. And we were maybe spoiled by bumping into that cyclist at the traffic lights because when we got to town today, we had a bit of a disaster. We got to town, as you can imagine, a bit tired, a bit grumpy and a bit sore after 200 kilometers, getting lashed on as well. And we got into town, we went looking for a hotel, it took us ages to find the first hotel, found the first hotel and was full. And then we did another like 6K across town to find a second hotel. Thankfully, we got into that, but it was just like... 45 to 50 minutes of just messing that didn't need to happen so i think today right now after this podcast i'm going to get on booking.com and we're going to get a hotel and have it in advance the only thing with that is you're not leaving yourself much room for if you hit a bad headwind or you have some mechanicals you haven't you know you're have your booking lost essentially but i think on the balance it's actually probably worth it so get today we're planning another 210k you know it's not ideal anything over 140 150 starts turning into a bit of hardship but it's the necessity of the trip on the old chamois time tour as we're calling it and uh, the reason is we're getting to Biarritz to meet friends up there on saturday and we're going to ride from Biarritz to girona with them so we need to put in the big mileage between now and saturday to make that deadline it's been thoroughly enjoyable, although massively fatiguing. And I think it'll be more enjoyable in retrospect when I have some time and I get home, I get back into my rhythm and, you know, I have my nice glossy recording equipment with me in my nice roadman studio again. Uh, those things, when you're at home, you take them for granted. But when you're away on the road and you're having to make do on the road, it makes you really appreciate that stuff. And, you know, that's something I've I've been beating that drum a lot on the podcast it's about the idea of contrast and it's doing hard things so you can experience nice moments. So riding in the rain so you can experience Netflix movie in the evening. And that's one of these things. And this trip, although there is a lot of hardship, you know, and a lot of uncomfortable situations, like I've lost my flip-flops, as I mentioned. So yesterday evening for dinner, I had to walk downtown in my cycling shoes, which is just hardship. And they were wet after a long day and I had no socks. So it's just... As you can imagine, not a fun experience, but it's this stuff that I look back on when I get home and get back into my routine that'll help me treasure that routine even more. Robin, thanks for tuning in for this and please do excuse the audio quality and bear with me until I get back to Ireland at 24th or 25th of September and I will do my best, very best, to bring you along on the journey with me for this as we're calling it the Chamois Time Tour. Robin, Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to chat to you again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Have you ever wondered how good you could actually be? Each of us has a unique set of circumstances with work, family and social obligations, but we also want to fulfill our potential in cycling. Okay, okay, maybe you won't ever win the Tour de France, but for most of us, this is what cycling is about. So let us build you the perfect training plan around your lifestyle that's totally unique to you and will help you finally realize your cycling dreams. So whether you're just getting started on the bike or if you're a more seasoned cyclist, we have a suitable coach for you. So why not schedule a call with us and we can have a chat about how we can help you go further than you ever dreamed of in your cycling and fitness goals. Go to roadmancycling.com forward slash contact or pop me an email directly to sarah at roadmancycling.com.